episode of the careers guy podcast this is a podcast for all young people who don't really know what they want to do with the rest of their lives and also for the careers advisor network my name is adam newman i travel around new south wales delivering practical career seminars to year 10 11 and 12 students and i market myself as the careers guy today i'm very happy to be having a chat with radios Lindsay McDougall, better known as The Doctor. Lindsay's got an awesome career story. He started off uh, making money off his passion for music as a guitarist in the punk rock band Frenzel Rom, which evolved into a long-term career on the radio, most notably almost 10 years as a main announcer on Triple J. He's now on ABC Radio Wollongong in the drive slot, and it's a really ace chat. Um, He's so super positive and super pumped. Um, I'm not going to do any more intro stuff, but uh, you can find me, Adam Newman Talks, at gmail.com or uh, thecareersguy.com, and you can also find me, Adam Newman Talks, on Instagram. So let's get into it. Over to you, Lindsay. And now, the weather. Thanks, Dr. Townsville, showers in 31, Wagga, partly cloudy in 27. Okay, so... Um, I'm joined here by Lindsay, better known as the Doctor, um, the main man on Wollongong, ABC Wollongong Drive time slot. But you uh, tell us about your career journey, Lindsay. First of all, thanks for joining us. That's all right. Thank you very much. It's, it's very nice to be here. And it's a, uh, it's a strange career journey that kind of brought me back to pretty much where, well, kind of where I grew up. I grew up just north of here in Engadine. Um, and we were just saying, my mum lives at Coldcliffe, so I got a connection to the Illawarra, just the very top of the Illawarra. But um, yeah, I went to school and um, left. I, I was actually talking about this the other day. I did two lo- lots of work experience in year 10 and then I think year 11, I think is when you do them. Uh, one of them I did in a music shop because I loved music. I was very much into music and I started learning guitar shortly before that. It was awesome. I ended up buying a guitar from that music shop. And then the next work experience, as I was getting serious, getting closer to year 12, getting closer to HSC, was at an accountant's firm. Because they were like, oh, well, you know, yeah. something serious. So that was my, uh, that was that was like me starting to look towards the future. So that was you being, um, you being serious, uh, looking for a serious job for a serious man. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, you sort of grow up in the Sutherland Shire and uh, that's sort of, you know, you're looking at the different options, and uh, I, I honestly, I was working at Coles. I was, I was working in the fruit and veg uh, section of Coles. Before that, I'd worked as a cleaner at school at at Bosco when I used to go to Bosco High, which is very embarrassing. All my kids, all my mates would go home from school, and I'd stay there and clean up their mess. Wait, 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 wait. wait. But, so, um, so your part time job was cleaning the school that you went to. Yeah, we could do a yeah. whole episode on that. You could probably do a few years of therapy on that as well. <laughs> it was, it was, but 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 also it, it kind of I, I don't know. I just sort of thought, well, I want to get a job. This job's going. I feel like uh, it was fine. I, uh, I I ended up yeah, ended up buying a guitar with the money I made with from the it. Money. You know, after doing that work experience. So did you find? Did you did you just? Was there a moment where you just thought this this isn't for me, accountancy? Like the moment you walked through the door, or? Yeah, probably. Well, I, I actually, I loved maths and I love that. And I still, I'm not, I'm not good at it anymore, anymore but I love the, the fact that things worked out with maths. Like, there was no grey area. You know, like, 
for example, if you've upset your teachers a little bit in another subject like English or you know a, a subject where they can mark you based on what they think of your work, then you can potentially get marked down. With maths, if it's right, it doesn't right. matter if you're a terrible, terrible person. If it's right, it's right. It's right. And yeah. I think because I was a little bit of a, you know, I kind of, uh, I did, I did muck around a little bit. I, I mean, and also I just love the idea that maths just works. If you get it right, it works. You know, it's you get it yeah. to the end. And so, you know, that was kind of why I was thinking. Well, I guess accountancy. My dad's a chartered accountant, so um, not that he, he was doing that, but he does have that. So I, um, I left school and I, I started. I, I didn't get the best uh, TR. I got 65, which, like, I in, at the end of year 10, I was getting all A's and a few B's. Like, I was a full, full-on nerd. And, um, and but then by the end of year 12, you know, I'd discovered rock and roll. I was playing guitar a lot. I was, um, you know, probably doing that more than I was, you know, studying anymore. So, so, so when, um, just let yeah, me jump I, in there. I, when, when you were in year 10, um, yeah. the accountancy was kind of a, a curveball. You pretty much knew that music was your passion and, and that's where you wanted to go personally, professionally. That's what you were yeah. obsessed with, right? Yeah, but I, I definitely didn't think professionally would ever happen. Like, I mean, I, I just didn't... I, I mean, you just... Who, who from the Sutherland Shire had become a successful musician? It just didn't seem like anything like that would happen. Like, everyone that I... All the bands that I liked when I started liking Australian bands all from the, you know, either from the city yeah. or from a different state, you know, yeah. you know, or just these intangible ideas of musicians that don't come from anywhere. They just come from rock and roll world. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you didn't have I, any, like, local, you didn't see anybody locally where you went. That's, that, I can do that. No. Nah. It was foreign. There's a band called yeah. Giraffes Casino. Oh, they get, yeah. Uh, used, to, used to play at uh, Engadine Fair, but that was the only local band, um, I used to go into the city all the time to watch all ages concerts and stuff. And we all go to Sutherland Entertainment Centre. They used to have like Spider Bait and UMI and stuff would play there. The Bot. But um, yeah, yes, it was called. I think it was called the Bot. I think it wasn't called the Bot when I went, but yeah. And I didn't. Yeah, I I think I didn't have that leg in that that that, that foot in the door of of starting to play in cover bands or anything. Like I just didn't. I, I mean, I maybe that would have happened if. I didn't accidentally join a punk rock band three months after uh, I'd started university, but um, yeah, that's what happened. So you so you went to university Sorry. and you and you joined yeah. Friends of Rom, who had who had a bit of a profile at the at the time, but they weren't a career band. Like you, you weren't going to make money making well, music. Well, no, no. According to uh, what we got the manager Chris to tell my dad, we were a career band. Right. I think there may have been some slight massaging of the uh, of the figures to show my dad. That we were a viable career option, but yeah, no, no. There, there was that we the, at that point one song had been started getting played on Triple J. But as any musician will tell you, that does not make you a career band. Right. So, what are you doing to uh, to hold it all together while you you're playing gigs in Friends or Rom in the early days? I was I was working at Cole still, so yep. that was pretty fun. I uh, I was living in Engadine, uh, coming home from tour, and then you know, getting up and going to Coles and doing, this is like for the first year I was in the band. Uh, and then it just became uh, impossible to do both. And um, uh, that was like 97, I think about the start of 97, um, I got on the dole, but we couldn't stay on the dole because within a year we were traveling, doing months and months overseas touring. So you can't really stay on the dole. Even back then when it was a lot easier to stay on, on the dole. And um, so we were paying ourselves 
about $250 a week, which we could afford out of the band's finances, and that was for everything. And that's, 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 that's what we lived on for a couple of years. So, just to paint a picture, you're getting paid $250 a week by the band. I mean, how many people are you playing to? I bet it probably looked a bit more glamorous than that to, oh, the, yeah. to an outsider. Yeah, we, we, were, we were playing the big day out at those... At those, at those uh, at those years, we were playing a big day out. We were uh, touring constantly, selling out the Metro in Sydney, which is uh, twelve hundred or fifteen hundred. Um, we were um, playing every festival. We were doing all the Warp tours. Uh, came through Australia. We were doing Home Bake as well. We were doing Surf Skate Slam was a festival at the time. Uh, we were playing everything. Um, and in terms of like the, when you're on the road, you generally could afford to, like you would get you get a free meal occasionally especially if you're touring overseas Australia mm-hmm. doesn't do it so much yeah and we were also touring overseas for, for four or five six months a year touring with no effects or uh, less than jake or um other bands blink 182 real big fish uh, yeah, so, 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 so you're essentially you're essentially a rock musician by a trade you, you play yeah. your main job's playing playing rock playing yeah. playing rock music in a band in front of thousands and thousands of people, living the rock life, yep. gigs, you know, backstage, and you're you're getting two hundred fifty bucks a week. Yeah, yeah, which would mostly go to rent because we were also living in Newtown, and yep. um, and we'd go to rent, and uh, that was pretty much it. You would you would, we would do things like um, take your your rider, whichever you were, whoever you were playing, if we were doing a headlining our own show, or whatever, you take the rider, put it in your backpack, so you had food when you're at home. And obviously beer as well. The thing about playing that much is that we got a lot of free beer, and that was quite important to us at the time. But the um, the yeah, we would just come home and just have no money. We used to Gordy's our drummer. Gordy and I, he was living up in Sydney, living at my house for a bit, and uh, living in the lounge room. And uh, we would buy a large chips and a loaf of bread, and that was lunch and dinner. <laughs> so you know, chips hangers for a cup. Chips and dangers, yeah, 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 yeah. We buy tomato sauce. We're not, we're not uh, savages. We have, and I remember there was one time that I had a jar of Pataks curry and uh, some rice, but I had no vegetables. I had an onion, so I had yeah. onion Pataks with Pataks curry. So you literally for a couple had of days. rice, rice and sauce. So for those on the outside, I was a fan of Lindsay's band at the time, and you, you would turn a TV on Channel V. And friends are wrong. Their their oh, yeah. clips would be playing on TV. You'd go to a con- they were everywhere. You go to a warp yeah. tour, or a big day out. They were always yeah. on the bill, and you're thinking these guys have made it. You know these guys are we're quite unquote like every three or four weeks yeah. in the morning as well. The ABC TV show, yeah, for sure. You, you guys were quite unquote the big time, yet you're essentially living yeah. in, on on the poverty line. Yeah, we 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 would, one one time we were on recovery, and we weren't actually touring in Melbourne. You try and time. You know, you go on recovery when you're in Melbourne, but we weren't. So we drove down all in one car overnight. So we, we got there, got to Melbourne sometime on like late Friday night, early Saturday morning, all slept in the same room at this uh, backpackers called the Nunnery in, um, in Fitzroy, and then got up that morning, went on recovery that day, and then drove back to Sydney that night because we couldn't afford to stay in Melbourne. Yeah, there, there, was, there's, there was no money in it for that long, and... But it, but it didn't matter. Like it wasn't like yeah. But you're um, having a blast, right? We're so busy. Yeah, and it's different from when from other people who are living on on welfare or living on really low paying jobs, where they they have every night to sit at home and think about what they're doing. We didn't think about what they're not doing. We didn't have that. We were just so busy constantly 
that um, you know you didn't have time to work out to realize how little money that you had. You know, but also you're getting aside from money, you're getting all of these amazing opportunities. You're getting to meet your heroes, right? You get uh, to yeah, meet them. You get sure. to travel. You get to see amazing sights. You get to have a load of fun. So although you're not getting a monetary benefit, it's a great life. Yeah, yeah, and and and, you're, and we're also like learning how the world works and learning about stuff that we wouldn't have otherwise had a chance to, you know, because we are travelling and, yeah, seeing so many different ways of doing things. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, was, there were investments that weren't in our bank account. Okay, so let's fast forward. How did you get into radio? I mean, there seems a synergy from the outside. You're in a band that was on the radio and yeah. you end up hosting radio. Uh, how did that come about? So this happened uh, in about 2004. So just quickly, in that intervening period, very briefly, we sold to a major label. Uh, we put out one record. They gave us a bunch of money. And so for those between 99 and 2004, we actually had an income and we're doing fine. Like we were paying rent, we were living, it was fine. And uh, by so the how 2004... Many, how many years did that take? Just for the budding musos out there, how many years uh, did that take? The band, the band started in 91, 92. So it was you know, seven years. It's not mm. too bad. Seven years in the old money. Um, yeah. The yeah, that was '99. We got properly signed, and then the album we put out in uh, in 2000 and uh, in, t- in the year 2000. And oh yeah, and about that time our leasing got really sick as well, and so we had to take some time off. And uh, so by 2004, we'd pretty much run out of money. It was actually uh, sorry. It was actually quite funny. We um, I'd started. Uh, uh, Friends of mine that ran some pubs like the Hopeton Hotel and the Annandale and stuff. I'd uh, been talking to them about doing some, just like sitting on the door and like checking people's tickets when they come in and all that sort of stuff. Stuff that didn't take much brain power because since 1996, when I joined Friends or Rom to 2004, I hadn't done any study. I hadn't developed any, like, besides all of the life skills that I developed, I hadn't actually learned anything. So I thought, well, if the band's not doing much anymore, and I'm going to need a job, I'll just do this. I'll just work the door at some friends, um, at some friends pubs and at about that time we uh, were getting interviewed at Triple J we started getting interviewed quite a lot at Triple J because they're always sort of looking for people who could string a sentence together and evidently Jason and, and definitely from what you can hear today I can and um, they they got us to sit in on a super request it was Rosie Beaton's old show she wasn't there one night so we uh, we hosted it and it was fine. I don't think we played anyone's request though. They would request a song and we go, actually, no, listen to this instead. But um, <laughs> they, 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 they sort of realised, oh yeah, these guys can talk. Um, you know, maybe that was sort of different to some other musicians they'd interviewed. Some, some musicians just don't really give much back when you interview them. But um, so they got us to do uh, some overnights. Uh, and this is like, so we had not ever done radio, radio before we'd done interviews. We'd mucked around on radio stations when we were in sort of regional communities. We'd go to a radio station, they'd invite us in, we'd sit there for an hour, play songs, and drink beer and stuff. But this is like, all right, we're actually doing radio. We had to learn how to press the buttons and, uh, you know, yeah. they had these computers and all of the, or well, back then the songs were on CDs. You had to put the CDs in CD players and stuff. So you'd have six hours or, yeah, six hours of a show, maybe for four hours on air, I think it was. You'd have to go and get all the CDs off the shelves. You'd have to uh, spend all night playing the CDs, playing the right songs off the CDs, because you'd work out what songs you were going to play, and uh, taking calls from people, meeting people who were up all night. Remember we met this guy who, uh, apart from all the awesome like truck drivers and stuff we met, a lot of people like that calling the Triple J to stay awake. 
we would uh, we met this guy who he said he was uh, he was moving a um, there was some play equipment and he was he had a, a earth mover or whatever and he was moving this play equipment. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm moving this play equipment to uh, to the middle of the roundabout. This is in some regional town in New South Wales. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's a good idea. What's what's that for? And he goes, oh no, just wanted to do it. I'm like, is this? Are you illegally moving some play equipment? He goes, nah, it's my play equipment. I just think it would look good in the middle of this roundabout. So we followed him for the whole night, whilst obviously saying, of course, we didn't know where he condoned this. And then when uh, everyone woke up in that regional town, they got a uh, they got a brand new set of play equipment in the middle of the uh, of the roundabout. Anyway, so that was pretty much what we did. And then at some point, they uh, needed a um, new breakfast show when Adam and Will left. We'd done a little bit of uh, presenting during the day as well by that stage. And they took a chance because they, they kind of didn't want that standard, you know, two comedians talking at each other or whatever. So they got two completely untrained radio uh, radio guys who were actually just musicians to do it, to do the job. So that was, that was you, uh, your start. Now, I want to talk a little bit about rejection. I always thought it was quite yeah. ironic because Friends of Rom in the 90s used to have this T-shirt with a quote from Triple J on the back. Uh, I can't remember yeah. who the quote was attributed to, but it was the program director at Triple J, and the quote was, peace off and don't come back. Basically, you were told yes. you would never have a chance to have your music played on Triple J, leave us alone, you got no chance. And then later down the line, you're hosting breakfast. Yeah. Yes. So- yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd done this one interview with Jane Gazzo when she used to work at Triple J it was at the Pushover Festival in Melbourne. And... I think it had a lot to do with the fact that we we just had nothing else. Like we were just bored, drunk, poor, and just wanted to. But you know, you, you could you could earn yourself a little bit of uh, a little bit of fun for the day by annoying someone. And Jane Gazzo had uh, mistakenly asked us, "Is there anything else you want to say?" There's a little interview tip: if you're ever interviewing anyone, at the end of the interview, if it's live, if it's pre-recorded, do what you want. If it's live, don't just say to the people. Is there anything else you want to tell the radio? Because then you've just opened up them for, you know, you've got to control the interview. You just open up the floodgates, especially the two drunk idiots uh, from a punk rock band. And yeah, so we just started banging on about them not playing our mates' bands and not playing enough local music and all that stuff, which is very silly because Triple J does more than any radio station of that uh, size. But um, yeah, so Chris Thompson told us to piss off and don't come back. But then he also wore that shirt that had his quote on the back. Um, he wore that shirt for years. And he was more just like, it was more just, get the hell out of here, come on, stop, stop messing with my people. He was just, you know, doing yeah. the junior care thing. So, but yeah, playing, really playing music play. and going, going into a, a career that, that, I mean, a lot of people want to be on the radio. You're going to encounter rejection. Do you have any hints on, on how you encounter that rejection and, and don't let it get you down? Yeah, well, you've got to have a pretty thick skin and you've got to know that what you think is great that so many people won't think is great. And this mm-hmm. is something I realise on both sides, you know, on, on the side of being in a band and putting music together and, you know, realising a lot of people don't like it. And, I mean, we, we have a certain sort of music that's not really for everyone, which is absolutely fine. There's a lot of swear words and very fast and that kind of stuff. But um, it's the same from when I was, like, this sort of bright-eyed, you know, new radio guy doing a show. I was like, oh, awesome, I can finally you know, get all this music that I love played on the radio. We didn't have to play any of that other rubbish that I don't like. And then I realised that on the radio, I'm not playing music for me. I'm not playing music even for my friends or for lovers of the music that I like. I'm playing music for everyone who listens to the radio, to that particular radio station. So you have to sort of think, what does every, you know, you can't, imagine, imagine if you were someone that just loved 
you know, like uh, like Americana country music, and you had a radio show on Triple J, and you just played Americana country music, and then all the people that like dance and indie and metal and rock and punk and pop, they would be like, what are you doing? So you just have to, yeah, you've got to remember that there are so many different people like so many different stuff, and they're not going to like what you like. So the only person that you can really convince, like the, the only person you can rely on is yourself. So as long as you think your music's good, it doesn't really matter what other people think. And um, if you get rejected, it's not because your music sucks. It's because it's not for that particular person. And whether that person happens just to be someone at your gig or someone that's uh, you know commented on your YouTube account, and there's horrible people that comment on your YouTube account. Yeah, I want to ask um, about that because... Yeah, so, I mean, you open yourself up to the public. You, you played music in front of audiences on TV. You are on the radio, and then people form an opinion of you. And, and I know you, you and I are friends, and I've often heard people say, I don't like him, or he's no good. And I'm like, but he's a nice guy. And uh, how, do you, how do you cope with that? How do you continue in the face of the haters, particularly well, on social media? This is the first I've heard of it, so it's obviously going to rock me pretty hard. <laughs> Uh, no, You'll be okay. It does help to have a, re- a really thick skin. And, um, yeah, people get so many weird um, uh, ideas about what you're like just from listening to one thing or even just hearing about one thing. And um, it's I get it from all sides, or I certainly got it from all sides. So I'm this guy in Friends Will Rom, so playing guitar, uh, jumping around on stage, you know, acting like an idiot. And, uh, and Jason was much the same. And so when we started working at Triple J, we were a bit worried that that'll be... You know, people get a bit weirded out about that, and it was it was generally okay. And then when I was doing my own show for five years on Triple J, that's when started people started to really um, Frenzel Rom fans started to really seem to resent that. Um, and I, I'm not quite sure why. I was like, Jason used to work here too, man. I mean, I, I definitely was uh, you know a Kool Aid drinking Triple J um, guy. I was everywhere. I think people sort of got a little bit um, you know thought I was sort of. Acting, you know, stepping out of my lane or whatever. Um, so at friends or rum shows, I get stuff thrown at me. I get stuff, uh, you know, I get spat wow. or whatever. But it's you know, it, but that, that's also just you know, when Jason's had bottles thrown at him before as well. It's just it, it just happens. And there's so, so do you, do you just write that off as you know, it's part of the territory, and you've just got to suck it up, and you know, if you can't cope with that, do something else. I always. Just imagine, like, we have a text line at radio stations. There's a text line. And you think of the number of people who listen. Millions of people who listen to Triple J. The texts you get are such a small percentage of that. And then you think of, say, the people who... Uh, the type of people who will text a, uh, a, a radio station. And then there's, you know, there's people who want to request a song. And then there's a small number of people who just want to say, this is great, you are awesome, this is great. I think it's, I think it's changed a bit these days because social media is much more interactive and people feel they can but then there's the people who feel a, a certain power in anonymously being able to say something horrible. And the, the, that number of people so far, uh, you know, like, like outweighs all of the amazing, all of this massive amount of people who are just silently going about their day loving what you're doing. And those people, you just have to remember, there's all these people who are having an awesome time they're doing their thing, they're, they're, they're working, they're at home, they're, they're having a great time. They're not going to message you to tell you that because they're, they're living their life. So all of the people that, uh, if, if there's enough people that are going to text in and say they hate you or, or I guess tweet or go to the Facebook page or whatever, um, just imagine how many more people are just having a perfectly good time 
and uh, and not going to tell you that. Not so, so you view it, you that. view it as an unfortunate numbers thing, and and if you focus, yeah, if you yeah. focus on the negative, you're ignoring the enormous positive out there of yeah. the thousands and thousands of people. That's a great way to look at it. Sure. All right, let's I, I, let's I, fast I, I, forward. I, I, what are you doing? What are you doing now? I, I, you're on the the uh, the the adult radio station, the ABC. Yes, grown up radio. As you can see, I look like a grown up. Look at me. I'm wearing a bloody band from the Gold Coast. Mm. Yes, yeah. So, um, so what uh, do you do? Yeah, what's it? What's a day look like? What's a day look like in the in your in your career? We, uh, we I, I get to work just after ten o'clock, and um, we sit around and work out what we're going to talk about. And there's always so much to talk about. The ABC Illawarra's reach is from you know sort of Helensburg. We dip into the Shire occasionally. Uh, we go all the way down to Bateman's Bay-ish. We're supposed to stop around um, Barrill Lake and Ladulla, uh, but we go back to Bateman's Bay occasionally further, especially with the bushfires. There's a lot down there to talk about, even though there's another radio station based at Bega. And then we go all the way out almost to Canberra and all the way up to, to, to Goulburn and stuff. So there's so much to talk about. It's just choosing what to talk about and how to... See, with Triple J, you talked about music, you talked about pop culture as it related to people aged 18 and 25 and the music that related to people 18 and 25 with a place like ABC Illawarra there is no genre parameters there's no boundaries you talk about everything that applies to everyone living from Helensburg to Batemans Bay out to Canberra and Goulburn everything so you could talk about you know, uh, you know people living in, the, in the aged care centres you can talk about kids you can talk about surfers you can talk about farmers you can talk about everything to do with like music scene all different sorts of music scenes uh the art scene culture theater uh you can talk you know about plumbing you can talk about people making pottery <laughs> it's everything there's so much to talk about and there's so much that's really interesting to get your teeth stuck into and that's what i love when i uh when i see young journalists coming into the abc and they're obviously you know they want to they want to do something like they want to um, you know, let's get in there and talk about homophobia uh, in the in the in the in, in the in some industry, or, or you know, homophobia in sports. Or let's talk about uh, racism at the university. I'm like, that's that's great. You can definitely do that. But there's so, and that's a big story. But there's so much else, so much else going on that people love hearing about. And if you humanise these stories, you humanise, you know, you do stories about individual humans, then you find that that applies to these big stories. You do a story about someone who's uh, made their life here, they moved here, they worked at the steelworks, their kid goes to the uni, so you're touching on racism at university, if, if that was their story, and uh, you hear this whole life, you know, about from one of, one of the most multi multicultural places in New South Wales, which is the Illawarra. So, um, yeah, I, I just love that there is so much colour in the stories, uh, in, in the, yeah, in the community, in this broader Illawarra community, and the fact that you get to talk about it every day. Awesome. And so as we wrap it up, uh, what advice, if you could go back in time, fire up DeLorean and go back and talk to 15, 16-year-old Lindsay at uh, Ingadine, what career advice would you give him? Uh, I would say, first of all, don't worry about the next couple of years. And I mean, it's different for me because I did join a band three months into university. But um, And by don't worry, I mean don't get so worked up about it. When you open up your, your TER after finishing your HSC and see that it's only 65.4, don't freak out. Your dad's not going to freak out about it. Don't, don't immediately see the last, you know, 10 years of your life being a complete waste of time because uh, it doesn't, all it does is put a big full stop there and gets you ready for the next part of your life. 
and uh, you've done that. Here's my certificate to say I'm still alive. I came out the end of that. Now, let's have a look at all this. This is this is this little funnel you've just come you just come out of, Lindsay. You're just coming out of that funnel. Now, you're out of that funnel. That funnel was your whole world. Now, here you are. Here's all this. What are you going to do? It's all here. And you're going to be able to drink pretty soon too, which will help. No, I'm joking. That's not. You're going to be able to drive a car. You're going to be able to vote. You're going to be able to make do all those cool things as well. You're going to be able to travel, although not at the moment. You're not allowed out of the state. All right. Well, that's great advice. Like, I really want to thank you for joining us. Um, that's a really cool story. I'm very impressed by your positivity. And I can just tell we're having, a, a obviously, a chat over Zoom here because of the COVID times. Yeah. But one thing you can tell is Lindsay is incredibly passionate about what he does, incredibly passionate about storytelling. And it's great to see that the theory works, that you can find a career that you're passionate about inside what you're interested in and make a, not just a living out of it, but a life out of it. So I really want to thank you for, for sharing your story. And um, uh, you know, tune in, what time? Four o'clock? Three. Three till six. Three till six. Uh, every day. And, uh, and if you're not in the, if you're not in the Yellow Warrior, you can probably get it on the app, right? Yeah, you can get it on the, on the ABC Listen app, absolutely. And I also put great music on every every uh, every day. There's interviewing a musician or um, talking to someone who's making great music, and get occasionally we even get live stuff when we're allowed to get it. And what are you digging at the moment? Twenty twenty. Oh gosh, musically, jeez. <laughs> um, what was I? What did I listen to most recently? Gosh, I, I, uh, uh, this is the, um, it's rare that I listen to stuff that isn't for work, but um, what did I have on last week? Oh, actually, I just heard the new album from uh, from Imogen Clark, who no one else has heard, no one else, I'm, I'm there, she, she just made this video clip that I had a very small part in, and I was listening, they sent me like um, the wrong song to, to learn for this video clip. And that's like, it's a Zoom style video clip. Yep. And I was yep. like, wait a second, this isn't the song. And they said, oh, no, here it is, sorry. And I'm like, oh, can you send me the rest? Because you've got them all. So I had to listen to that. That's bloody awesome. She's awesome. She's like a country singer. And there's a lot of country music on, on ABC Illawarra because we stretch out to a lot of farmland and stuff. But um, it's in no way country. It's country slash Americana slash old country slash just really good songwriting. Um, and she's one of those people uh, that's up there with your um, Shane Nicholson's and your... Um, uh, and uh, Flissy Urquhart and just these great songwriters that um, kind of do spare, sort of straddle that country, they straddle that horse of country music, but there's so much more. Shane Nicholson's like one of the country's most in-demand producers because he's so good at getting these stories. I think that's... Like, you, you write a song that's slow and tells a story and people will call it country music. But, this yeah, is true. I think that's actually... Yeah, the new Shane It's got such a negative connotation when you say the word country, right? Everyone's like, no, it's oh, no good, it sucks. Absolute junk. Yeah. <laughs> absolute junk. Well, it couldn't be further from the truth. But there's absolute junk in the pop punk world as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, man, thanks very much. Enjoy your day. I can't remember when I've ever had so much fun.